1: We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. Remember, not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California, with two of my sisters, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. How are you today?
2: I'm fine, Liz.
1: In fact, I was just
2: listening to you on your new podcast, I Hate My Boss. (laughs) Uh, Oh, okay. It's a really good good podcast, and I want to recommend it to all satellite sister listeners, even if you don't have a job or if you work part time, you work in the nonprofit area, you volunteer. I find I learn a lot from your show, Liz.
1: Well, thank you. It's funny that you bring that up. I actually have an ancient language question for Leon as it relates to i hate my boss oh. because i realized at the end like my co-host on that show is a guy named larry seal and he's a, in a like a actual executive coach with an actual company so at the end of the show like he's credited as being the ceo of uh engaged leadership his company but i didn't really have a credit so i i've been calling myself satellite sister and boss emeritus you know to just to try to say i used to be a boss mm-hmm. right i've been i've been a boss and i've been bossed but then the other day i was thinking technically should i be boss emerita oh, like maybe is he married? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah maybe yeah so, but it's one of those I have to look that where... up though it's a weird thing it may be a it okay i'm trying All right. to All right. let's I'm look like... that up i don't want to trying to think of what i've seen you know i I mean, it's yeah, just you're like strictly, creases. yes, yeah. Uh, us is a man, uh, is a woman, but I wonder yeah. if it's just one of those generic terms. But I, you could think you could definitely yeah. make the argument, yes.
1: But sometimes you don't want to use the more obscure version of the term because then people get even more confused. Right, I'm sure half the listeners don't know what I'm talking about anyway. <laughs> right, when I say <laughs> bossy marriage,
2: listen to the show for <laughs> sure. Even if you don't know yeah. what his title
1: is, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, also on on this week's show, we announced that um, on an upcoming episode of the show, we're going to try to talk all about sexual harassment because that's been in the news so much lately and we're getting an actual expert on to talk about that. So if that's something that you have a story you want to tell us about, you don't need to call in and be live on the show and we don't need to give you advice. But I do want to – I mean we will, but I – Like if people just have a story they would like to tell about that experience in their working life, the it's posted. If you go to the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, there's uh, the email address at I hate my boss. Don't send it to Satellite Sisters. And there's a phone number there. But we are specifically trying to get women's stories on that issue. So, okay, All right. Thank you, Julie, for for mentioning that
0: up. Yeah. Mentioning that. I've I've looked it up. It says here emeritus. Uh, you know, they use the term in academia, regardless of gender. Oh, so good. You okay. could, you could say emerita. It's sometimes used for women, but emeritus is used in academia, regardless of gender. So I say, keep it, keep it, Just keep it, with it as it. emeritus. Okay.
1: All right. Well, that's what I'll do. Well, we have a very full show, but Leon, we're still, you had a big weekend at a college reunion. So we're going to cover that, right? Yep.
0: Yes, we are. Then,
1: Ju- <laughs> Julie, Julie, you've got three people in the international news. Quite a range of people that you want to, t- to talk about this week. I have an Operation Sea Turtle update. We've got some tech talk. We've got some movie and uh, Netflix reviews. And then I have an idea that I read about in the paper that I thought my sisters might just want to take up this. It's sort of a hobby slash calling Slash volunteer opportunity that I thought, I sounds, thought bad okay. yeah. it sounds bad already, <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know what is, it
1: is, but in uh, other words, it's something definitely. I would never in a million years do. But I thought maybe you guys might want to do it.
0: <laughs> but okay, Leanne, big college reunion, how to go? You know, it went great 30 years out of school. Uh, which it again, I hate we said it all weekend, I can't believe it's been 30 years like you just, in a million. Uh, In a million ways, I couldn't believe it's been 30 years. It was super fun. We have, I have a group of friends that came in from various places. They're very organized. There were spreadsheets, there were multiple texts, there were schedules, the you know, hotel reservations out at the hotel were made months in advance. Uh people came to my house Thursday night, they flew in from Northern California and from Denver and, and various other spots and then and then we went out to school. I went to school in Claremont at Pomona College on Friday. Um you know and and it was hot as it always is out there but yeah. i think we all look good i think we all decided we look pretty good we we pulled ourselves <laughs> together for the event <laughs> and Not that's too-
2: really that's the whole point of going is just to reassure <laughs> yourselves that you still look okay. Okay. That you haven't fallen
0: too far off the
2: rails. That right? was it. That's, good That's it.
0: And the good news about me is like I had good years and bad years in college. So as I often do now, <laughs> good years and bad. It's not like I had four smoking hot years in college. No, that was not me. So, <laughs> so when, I, when I show up, even if I'm just neutral, I, I'm still ahead of the game. I'm still ahead of sophomore year. I can tell you that. So, <laughs> So it wasn't a huge group. We had a bigger group at 25, 30, sort of a, you know, obscure uh, college reunion. But it was really fun. Wine tasting one night with, you know, our alumni, Vintners. And, uh, and then um, the next day we managed to get up for the class picture at 930. And then there was lunch. There was, you know... Festivities. There was a march. Uh, it's incredible. It's always incredible to see the alumni that come back for their seventy fifth. There was quite a crowd for their seventy fifth college reunion. That's, That's pretty impressive. good. Yeah, and a huge crowd for fifty, a hundred people. We went to a small school, so a hundred people is over, you know, thirty percent of the class came back. So that was all great. Class dinner. Uh, uh, my friend Erin, who came down, she lives in Saint Helena. Uh, she works in St. Helena, she, uh, which is in Napa Valley. She's worked for a vineyard for 22 years, done vineyards. So she brought a couple of bottles of 1987 wine, which is way better than we deserved. And way better. <laughs> 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 and that was good. So this was very festive. But the centerpiece for me, I was going back to the radio station, you know, where my radio career was born, KSBC, yes. to do 30 minutes, right? 30 minutes on the air. How hard could that be? You guys, it was like a complete unqualified disaster. I was what? Terrible. What happened? Oh, no. I was totally terrible. I, I we were, we had, and we would been promised an undergraduate to help, and I assumed that Sam would like push the buttons because it's been a long time since I've run the board. You know, yeah, and you do have to like. Get the record going, Put the bring the mic up, bring the mic down, you know, turntable one, CD two, this and that. And so it has been a solid 30 years since I've done that. So the talking portion was no bad, was was not a worry. Was no bad? That's the, I hope it went as well with that the last statement yeah. from you. Yeah. Just every portion of it, I was nervous, it was crowded, people came down, <laughs> it was like a party in the booth, people were talking to me while I was on the air, which... I don't know why people do that because you really can't respond to them when you're on the air. Every no, I no. I was back announcing the wrong songs. I was setting up stuff. I hit the wrong deck, so the wrong song played. It was terrible. But I have to say this. The woman who runs the station said, come back any time. So... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did she realize you're an empty nester and you might take her up on it? Oh, I think she realizes they have hours to fill over summer break. So, sure, come on back. Do a oh. show. So, Okay. <laughs> I have to say, he was really bad. <laughs> I was truly bad. Uh, so did but, you get any call-ins
2: or listener comments from your uh, from your half an hour on the air?
0: I got one request, Julie, because the normal slot that I was in is a polka show. So someone called in to request a polka tune, which... <laughs> <laughs> It
2: was... Given your vast knowledge of polka, that must have been easy for
0: you to uh, pick a pick a top hit. It's just everything about it. I had this great concept going in and I was just discombobulated in the booth on every front. So I did manage to get a few good things out, play a few good songs. But I was I forgot to bring the mic down. I almost swore on the air. I was just mad. <laughs> Live radio baby. Yeah. It's a whole different world. You can't go home again. I guess is it. I I if next time if I do this, if I take up the station manager on this, I'm not gonna tell a single soul. I'm just gonna go quietly by myself. I realize, you know, I'm just used to being alone most of the time. So the party atmosphere in both the booth and the studio, it was throwing me off. Like I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle all those people. I'm much better in the closet. So there you have it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was a complete disaster. So so yeah. But a fun weekend with your friends overall. Re- a really fun weekend. Always fun. Really fun to see the people in the class. It's a nice group there. My husband also went to the same school, so he comes out. he has a whole different set of friends than I do because we were not friends in college. <laughs> so he knows one group of people in my class, and I know another group of people uh, no it was really it was really lovely and it's just you know it just it 's nice to revisit uh, uh, what was a very special time in my life, and the school looks great the, They have a new president starting in the fall, so i've liked the the, for, the president that's been there for ten, twelve years, so I was able to say goodbye to him, which is nice and. Looking forward to meeting uh the new president in the fall so yeah it was good i'm totally glad i did it i'm totally glad i did it but next time i, I am i'm gonna go alone into the dark radio station where i belong
1: no advanced promotion no, no advanced promotion no,
0: okay. i almost like the morning of put the link on facebook and, thank goodness i didn't it was a disaster so <laughs> it's just a complete disaster
1: All right, well i, I I'm going to a college thing at my college this weekend, and I need uh, – from both of you, uh, I need your advice on whether I should do this one thing. And hearing your story, Leanne makes me think that maybe the thing that I have reservations about, I might want to skip. So <laughs> here's what I'm doing this weekend. The, uh, my college is doing a celebration. It's a women's leadership conference to celebrate 125 years of women at the college.
2: Oh, and, a summit. Um, Going to a yet another summit, Liz. It's,
1: it's, it's summit. It's summit. Ask Julie. that is correct. But I haven't been to a reunion in a long time. But this just seemed like something that would be fun. And my college roommate was actually on the committee that was organizing it. So there was heavy pressure from in our social circle to to turn up for these things. And so I went to Brown which is in Providence Rhode Island and so some of the some of the headliners you know the the one that really this is when I signed up when I saw that the headliner on Saturday was Janet Yellen oh. I was like okay I would like to get Janet Yellen alone and find out like what is it really like to be you? Isn't like, that's pretty amazing. Uh, Lynn Nottage, the playwright who just won the Pulitzer last week. She's going to be there. Oh, Mary Chapin Carpenter. She's going to be like singing and whatever. Cecile Cecile Richards, the president of Planned Parenthood. She's going to be there. So it's all women who graduated from the college. But here's what they're doing, which I, I think is a very questionable choice, but obviously some... Lame attempt to generate social media attention.
2: Uh Oh, Oh, they want you to come in avant-garde clothing, like the Met Ball (laughs) last night. (laughs)
1: Do you have a garçon outfit that you can wear, Liz? It's it's even worse than that, Julie, but that is hilarious. All that stuff was popping up on my Twitter feed last night. The (laughs) Met Ball, like, what the hey? No, these are like the two words that just make your blood run cold. Flash mob. Oh, mm. yeah. so here's here's what we're supposed to do on the Friday night. Like all meet on the green, and there's a flash mob, for which they sent out a training video, so that we could. <laughs> like Does I just Janet thought, was... Ellen gonna flash mob. See, that's the thing. Like she's I, not. I, do I, that. I, I can't imagine Janet Yellen in a flash mob. But if she's gonna be there, then I'll turn up. But so they send out the training. I had originally thought, well, we would just have a bunch of undergraduates flash mobbing around us, right? We're just, we're just the old folks there for the conference. No, this is a four and a half minute dance routine, Leanne. You know how, because you've taken up dance
0: again, four and a half minutes, that's a lot. Yeah, that's really long. I mean, that's crazy long. Liz, you
2: could be eliminated from your panel if the dancing doesn't go well.
1: (laughs) What's well, well, the a song. medley. It's a medley of three songs.
0: Oh, even because worse. They tried to
1: pick a slow, a medium, and a fast. I guess assuming that you can do the slow and then just step out. And, the, and slowly you'll just get down to the younger people who can do the fast. But so first song, slow, feeling good by Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. Second song, medium, which in the training video they also called juicy, <laughs> is uh, – Respect by Aretha, uh-huh. and third song Fast, Who Run the World Girls by Beyonce.
0: Okay, yeah, definitely so, step out before that starts playing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is what I needed your judgment on. Like, do you do you just throw yourself into the spirit of the moment and do it, even though even okay. though you're gonna. Well, here's, we just heard what Leanne said about going back to her college (laughs) and reliving
2: her college dream, her expertise, you know, spinning some tunes in the college Mm -hmm. radio station. Mm -hmm. I imagine sometime during your four years undergrad, Liz, you were dancing on the lawn at Brown, you know, just, you know, free and easy, living it up.
1: Okay. This is, so I shouldn't be reliving this moment? No, I I, I, I don't
2: know. I think
1: at your own (laughs) well. Well, I emailed my friend Judy, who lives in Stanford, Connecticut, and who's picking me up Thursday night at the Providence Airport and we're going to this together. I sent her the flash mob training video and I'm like, I am excited about everything for this weekend except this. And uh she immediately responded that she had already made a reservation at a bar on campus for that time slot. Yeah. So- <laughs> Anyway, so so we'll see. Maybe I'll get caught up in the moment. Uh, but maybe I should just do. If Jamie Yellen is doing
0: it, I'll do it. How about that? Right there, you go. There you go. Yeah. All right, Liz. Well, one thing you definitely want to take to your college reunion is your away carry-on. Thanks, away. Okay. Thank you, Leanne. You know, uh,
2: it's it's time to talk about we're not doing a full international news roundup, but three international figures uh, caught my attention this week. And I just thought we'd we'd have a little chat about them. The first, of course, he's still on the list, Kim Jong-un. And of course, the big news was that he's now a smart cookie, according to our president, and that uh, our president would be honored to meet him. So it got me thinking, like, where are they going to have that meeting You know, where if they do meet, where's it going to be? Uh, So one obvious choice is to do it in the DMZ, the demilitarized zone. Uh, (laughs) They have a Quonset hut. I've been there. I've been there. Uh, And they have a Quonset hut that's between South Korea and North Korea, where they and this is what they use to um, as the location when they signed the truce uh, at the end of the Korean War. So that would be one logical place because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of security on both sides of the border there. So both Mm -hmm. for our president and for Kim Jong-un. But the problem with it is the room is like a time capsule. I mean, they haven't done anything to it since the 1950s. It's got 19, you know, like hard metal chairs, you know, like old steel desks. I just somehow don't see don't see this as the uh, the most comfortable place for a, a conversation about not having a nuclear war right <laughs>
1: Yeah. So it's no Mar-a-Lago is what you're saying. No, it is no,
2: which would be another choice, Liz. Okay. Mm -hmm. That, uh, that had occurred to me and uh, you know, and I I can somehow given the excess of the the Kim family, that they would somehow enjoy all the ornateness that we see from Mar-a-Lago. So that's a possibility, but I'm not sure Kim Jong-un would want to travel all the way to the United States. Uh, Certainly, you don't want to have the meeting in Pyongyang, even though our secretary of state, Madeline Albright, has been there and other high ranking U.S. officials have been there. I'll just tell you, the food is bad and uh, the accommodations are not good. And, the whole, you know, so.
1: As I recall, pre- the electricity is sketchy. Yes,
2: yeah, so electricity yeah. is sketchy. And uh, yeah, that and that Koryo Air, which is the North Korean airline, is really not good at all. So. I, I don't know, but you could think out of the box because there have been other presidential summits that have been held. For example, the first President Bush and Gorbachev had a meeting on a boat.
1: Okay, so uh-huh. that
2: is that's a possibility. That sort they could, of the
1: classic yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah,
2: they could do that, or you know, Bosnia. The war in Bosnia was settled uh, with peace talks in Dayton, Ohio, right? Really? Remember that I was
1: about to say Cleveland. I knew it was somewhere yeah.
2: in Ohio. Yeah. The day of yeah. yeah. So that's I mean, then there's Camp David, which was used for uh, for sure. peace talks as well. Um, you know, or you could go to like Beijing. I don't know, you know, or. Uh, But that is, that's really Mm -hmm. quite a, you know, you're kind of locked in whichever way you go. But uh, that, I think they want to be comfortable and they want, both want easy exit out. That's what I would, that's what I would hope for.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. I don't know.
2: But I'm going to keep working on a location. So, but those are, those are the ones. Those are
1: some good suggestions so far.
2: Ruminating about. Okay. So. Second person in the news, okay, happy birthday, Princess Charlotte. Today is your birthday. Today, Tuesday, <laughs> is your birthday. Okay, of course, we have all seen the adorable photograph that Princess Kate took of Princess Charlotte. And you can just forget about it. If you're a grandmother or a mother and you wanted to get that adorable little yellow sweater with the sheep on it, okay, it's already sold out. Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, you're kidding.
2: Oh, yeah, Liz. Come on. Okay. I mean, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's adorable. Okay. But no. And her hair looks so cute just in that little clip and that little yeah. smile I thought it was just a charming picture because it wasn't so formal and fussy and you could kind of see her personality and you yeah. know she got kind of
0: she got kind of a little crooked smile there and a little look in her eye but didn't you think Leanne? Yeah she, uh, really cute yeah it, it was not perfect and I think that's intentional so it's perfectly imperfect and I loved it yeah, yeah. she's a cute so- and good hair, she's so, just super, good, oh, super gorgeous solid hair. Because hair. Yeah. yes, she, that looked, yeah. looked very shiny, looked really
2: good. So yes, so she's you know fourth in line. So I think she just uh, she's got a very solid position. She keeps you know <laughs> you know in, in terms of the royalty race, I think she's, she's doing fine. That's what, that's what I think. I mean, she's, you never know how these things go. Uh, I'm reading, I'm reading, uh, Victoria, the queen right now. And you know, all sorts of people end up as queen. So you never know. So she's not out of the race yet. Okay. <laughs>
1: Just keep that. Yeah, and if you haven't seen the photo, of course, the moment it hit the wires, it was posted on the satellite sisters, Facebook group. So <laughs> you don't have to look too far. Just go to the Facebook group and it's there.
2: Right. So I'm sure there'll be copies of that adorable little yellow sweater with sheep, you know, because it was adorable. And the third person in the news, which is sort of a first lady's um, desk story, is Brigitte Trudeau. And she is about to become the first lady of France. She is married to Emmanuel Macron, who is currently leading and hopefully will end up as as president of France. But her backstory is, they're calling it unconventional, that she has mm-hmm. an unconventional love story. So because she, when Emmanuel Macron, the soon-to-be president of France, was 15, Brigitte Reneau was his teacher. So she is 25 years older than uh, than Macron. Uh, but he... What,
1: she's- Really, twenty-five
2: years old. Twenty-five years older. So right now, she is sixty-four years old, and Emmanuel Macron is thirty-nine. Liz. Yeah. Wow. Oh, totally right. missed
0: this. Yeah. Oh, Liz, me too. Okay, I yeah. did not.
2: I did not know August. this. Yes. It's very so. Uh, they're not saying that they started dating when he was uh, a t- when he you know when he was a student and and she was a married teacher with three children of her own. They're not saying that. <laughs> They are not, but you, that. but you kind of are. <laughs> it is you're, an unconventional love that. story. I, I'm just <laughs> okay. presenting the facts, sister. Okay. I'm just presenting the facts. Okay, mm. so, but he professed his love uh, to her at an early, you know, at an early age. By seventeen, he had left the school where she was teaching, and uh, you know, this this was it. This was the love of his life, and Brigitte left her husband. And, uh, later on they were married and he is, you know, just, he still, he talks about it. Uh, Emmanuel Macron on the, um, on the campaign trail has referred to his unconventional love story, but he's spoken like a true Frenchman. He said there is more love in their relationship, uh, than other than a conventional relationship. He realizes huh. it's conventional. I mean, she has seven grandchildren. Okay. But, uh, and one of his, and when, When Emmanuel Macron decided uh, or, you know, when they finally got married, uh, Emmanuel Macron went to speak to Brigitte's children, who are the same age as um, Emmanuel Macron, just to ask their permission for him uh, so that he could marry their mother. This is so French,
1: right? They're just totally cool with this, right? totally cool (laughs) with this. Totally cool with this. Yes. And so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's something to look forward to. First lady, I appreciate a- the fact that you have taken sides in the French election, by the <laughs> way. That- <laughs> I have
2: not, Liz. She is. A, she's soon to be a first lady. She is in the cone of my protection, hmm. even though my eyebrows are up just a bit on this one. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 that's hmm. the that's their backstory. So an unconventional love story.
1: Wow. wow. And the, the final election is this weekend, right? Yeah. The runoff yeah. is... Okay. Mm. All so, right. Uh, Something extra to pay attention to. In case you weren't interested in French politics, now you might be. <laughs> very, very interesting. Uh, okay. Next up, um, Operation Sea Turtle. Yeah. I have... Uh, this is the Moment of Truth edition. Operation Sea Turtle, Moment of Truth. I mentioned in the last couple of weeks that... I was sort of gearing up. A lot of my health and fitness program was focused on being ready for my annual physical, which was yesterday. And the first thing I discovered at my annual physical yesterday was that my last annual physical was actually two full years ago, not last year. So so yeah, it's still pretty good. you, You get in sooner or later. Uh, but I did post in the Facebook group sort of my what I was working on yesterday morning that I was thinking through the, the real moment of truth that you're physical is often when you stand on the scale in the hallway, like with the nurse who's checking you in in advance of your actual appointment. So you think very clearly and specifically about how much your clothing weighs. Do you, <laughs> guys, do you guys do this? Yeah.
2: Yeah, your shoes, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, everything.
1: So so I made a comment about this in the Facebook group, and it got a lot of reaction. Uh, Like Lisa said, I thought I was the only one who did that. Oh, no, Lisa. Oh, everybody does it. Kelly wrote, the struggle is real. (laughs) Beth wrote, I nearly cried when I arrived at the doctor and saw a sign that shoes had to remain on for hygiene reasons. Okay, so... So thank you, Beth. And I, So I went with the flip-flops in case that was the new policy at my place. <laughs> Way to go, Liz. Way to go. Marie said, no jeans. Patricia said, no jewelry. Jules said, remember to exhale and just hold your breath. Oh, <laughs> that's Peggy funny. Peggy said, said, I made the nurse hold my glasses. Uh, <laughs> so at least you can't see what the nurse <laughs> did. Caroline said, "No belts with large buckles, and Brenna said, "I even took my watch off so uh there you go. I did all of those things, sisters, so thank you for all of those tips. The moment passed like it w- it was it was fine it was good. The bad news is that um the scale there is actually two pounds heavier than my scale at home, so that that's kind of a bummer uh but the good news is when I asked the nurse what I was at my last weigh-in, I came in just under that. Oh, good. Oh, okay. That's major. So, like the the last two years I had in between, nobody ever needed to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> which, which also had an upside and a downside. Right. But then, when I was actually talking to my doctor, I needed to impress upon her like that this was kind of a moment of truth for me because during the two years that she did not see me, whoa, things got very out of control, but I managed to rein it back in. So she she could kind of appreciate it, but not fully appreciate it because as far as she could tell from the data, I was steady, So, which is the exact opposite of what my actual state had been for the last two years. <laughs> so, um, so we had – and I ended up wearing, just for the record – Yoga pants and a linen shirt and flip-flops. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, tissue linen. So Lightinary. So, Lightinary. Yep. Yes. We had a discussion of my general game plan, and then she asked about, you know, they always ask about your family history, so just reviewing, like, how our parents died and uh, grandparents. But then she asked about you guys. She's like, so how are your siblings doing? And I was like, oh, um... You know, well, I have seven brothers and sisters and actually everyone's pretty good. And she was like, really? Wow, that's amazing. And health wise, that's true, right? It is true. Yeah, She was really pleasantly surprised, but uh, that we had in the eight of us, you know, because I said, oh, we're probably just about the age now you know, because we're all in our 50s and 60s now, just about the age where you start to get whatever is going to kill you. That's what I said to her. That's not exactly what I meant. But uh, yeah, it is good to know that your siblings are things are very, uh, your siblings are very healthy. So anyway, it was uh, it was a good discussion. It was a good visit. It's, you know, a midpoint in Operation Sea Turtle. This is So not the does end. it motivate you to keep
2: going on on Operation Sea Turtle? Or does it now you're like, because,
1: because you've had some yeah. success, you're like, okay, fine. Uh, I'm, I know. Yeah, that's the problem. That. Well, there's the short term and the long term, Julie. The short term is I celebrated uh, the physical by going out with a friend and having the uh, – Sicilian flatbread and a glass of wine. Yes. So that's the irony, of course. The first <laughs> thing you do is exactly what got you into trouble in the first place. <laughs> but that's a one-off. Now I'm back on board with Operation Sea Turtle. I have a couple more milestones coming up this year, which really keeps me on the straight and narrow. You know, we have our family reunion at the beginning of August. Uh-huh. So that, that's going to be good. And then and the your end... birthday coming up. And today. my birthday in September, exactly. And then at the end of October... A bunch of my college friends and I, again, not full-on reunion, but because we all, we all turned 60 this year, you know, born in 57, everyone sort of has a birthday at some point in the year. So we decided we would just have one big birthday party for ourselves at the end of October. And so I'll be on the straight and narrow at least until the end of October. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think is where that goes. So anyway, it, it went well at the very end. She just said, keep up the good work. I wanted her to like hug me and be super happy for me the way I am. She did not do any of that. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure she understood the import of the moment to me, but from the um, pure data, I was doing okay. But then here's the one thing I would love for physicals, and maybe other people do do this. So then you have to go down the hall to the lab, and they draw your blood work. So that's when they know like what's your cholesterol and your blood sugar and all of that. I would like to have all of that done before the actual doctor's appointment, because then it seems like shouldn't we be talking about that? So anyway, so there's still some data to come in. In other words, that is that is important as far as your health markers. So we'll see. Anyway, it was a positive experience all the way around. And thank goodness I got a grip in the nick of time is what I would say about that. (laughs) Then. Moment, moment of truth, too, that I just wanted to comment on because I thought it was, it was very touching to me to witness something on, on Sunday in my water aerobics class uh, at Santa Monica College, the deep water aerobics Sunday morning. You know, it's a big group. It was a beautiful day here Sunday. So it's a big group that turns up maybe there are 40 people in the pool for the class. And, uh, you know, out of the 40, I think there are five men and the the rest women, and you, you kind of get to know each other if you show up for the class every Sunday. Anyway, there's this one woman who I've seen in a lot of classes, and, you know, she just looks like me, like a normal person like me, living a normal life, but I noticed in the class on Sunday, like halfway through the class, she had uh, swum over to the edge, and was just sort of holding on to the side of the pool, and with her head down, Oh. and Yeah, and so there were several of us around her, and we all gave each other a look like, Is she okay? Yeah, you know, and you don't know whether someone's just been overworking, you don't want to, but anyway, but then her shoulders started to shake. Her shoulders started to shake, and it was obvious that she was sobbing just like whatever was going on with her, it just overwhelmed her in the moment, and you know. I've been there. I'm sure you guys have been there. Yeah. When you're going, when you're going through a hard time, you try to go do something that's going to make you feel good. And then you get halfway through and you just can't keep it together. Right. So, so so then we were, again, we're kind of looking at each other, like, should we do something? You know, I was about to swim over to her and the instructor just did the nicest thing. She, she said, okay, do whatever you need to do for the next minute. She took off her, her headset She walked over, she talked to the woman, she just gave her a huge hug and stayed there for like a minute, just like giving her the kind of moral support that she really came to the class for. And then she walked back over, put her headset back on, and the woman pulled herself together, turned back in, and rejoined the class.
0: Oh, it's a nice
1: moment. And it was just really just one of those moments that you think, oh, this is why we do things together. This is why you do things in a group, because occasionally you need the group to like, Lift you up. Yep, mm-hmm. and it's you just, you
2: know it underscores that everybody goes through go you everybody. know everybody's going through struggles and sometimes you might not know what they are what they are but everybody is struggling with things.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was just I was just really moved by the whole thing and uh, thought it was incredibly, I um, just incredibly nice that the that the instructor noticed took the time and just like. Gathered her up back into the group in just the sweetest possible way. Anyway, so that's why I call this Operation Sea Turtle moment of truth because that was a that was a moment of truth to witness just about the power of sisterhood and what that means and how when you're having a hard time you just you need people to even if they don't know what your what your status is to just lift you up a little bit to get you through whatever that moment is. So, okay, there you have it. Operation Sea Turtle, moment of truth. It uh it carries on, sisters. It carries on. Jesus. I'm I'm
0: st- I'm still struggling with that story about the first lady of France. What the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't approve. I do not approve of that. I just you've been talking un- about that this whole time. Yes, that I have. That's mean? disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> I- she was, I, was, yeah. I listen and honor your stories, Liz, but really that's weird. I'm not, I'm not for that. I'm, not, I'm just not for that. Not for it. I don't care if okay, you're French sisters. or not. I'm not for okay. it.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. I need your advice. I need your advice on a situation involving friendship and technology. Um, I recently ran into someone that I am Facebook friends with. And on Facebook, we are, I I would say, very good, not close friends, but we're very, we have a positive relationship. You know, she posts things. I always like them. I put smiley faces. I write, ha, ha, ha. You know, we just, we have a solid, positive relationship. And I feel good about our relationship. Um, I recently I was at an event uh, and I recently ran into her. Now, I don't I don't know her. She's not a close friend, but I saw her and I realized like in the moment, our actual relationship, like in-person relationship was not as enthusiastic, was not not as as fun, was not as dynamic as our Facebook relationship. Do you Mm -hmm. have that where you are better friends with people on Facebook? than you are in real life
0: yeah i guess so yeah yeah mainly it has I to do the, with i see quote see them more on facebook than i do in real life yeah yeah not that i like i have, them I
1: have friends i have friends on facebook that i cannot remember how we became friends to begin with you know you <laughs> yeah. you get you get to a certain point in like Okay, did I go to college with them? Did I used to work with them? Yeah. Are they a Satellite Sisters listener? I've just completely lost track of what our original connection is. So, which is fine on Facebook, but if I saw them in person, I would probably need to know how how we know each other, and which I don't. So it could be awkward. Yeah, you don't know what to ask. Yes. Yeah. See, I, now I don't know which
2: way to go with our relationship. Like, uh, because it was it wasn't negative, but it wasn't. It wasn't as warm and enthusiastic as it is on Facebook. So should I dial back my responses on Facebook, given that in reality, we're not that close? You see? That Let's seems see.
1: petty, but, yeah.
2: you know. You no, be- I don't want to be petty. Right. I just, I, but I do want to, like sort of match our level of friendship, you know, because yes, it made me realize we're really not that close, you know, when I'm <laughs> her in person.
1: I- IRL, as the kids say. Hmm. IRL, we've got really nothing to talk about. <laughs> uh, okay, well, yeah, I, you don't want to be overly enthusiastic then. If it's someone, someone you actually could run into in real life, that's an
2: interesting dilemma, Julie. Mm. Okay, all right. Okay, here is another tech-related dilemma that I know there is an answer to this. I know it. Uh, but uh, recently, when I was out on the West Coast, Lee, and coming to visit you prior to the Satellite Sister event, once again, because I had to get from Orange County to uh, Pasadena, I fired up the Google Map lady to give me directions, you know, which freeways to take to get to Pasadena. And as I pulled out, the Google Map lady was talking to me. She was giving me the first set of instructions and then Low, you know, because I like the voice commands, particularly when you're on the L.A. freeways, because I don't want to be looking down at my phone. You know, it requires me to change out of my sunglasses into my reading glasses. I cannot do it. OK, I just can't do it. OK, so I like the audio commands. And I don't know what it is that the Google lady, uh, uh, map lady, she just stopped talking. She left me in the Lurch land, OK, I am on the 710 freeway. I have no idea how to get from there to your place, okay? So it was I was desperate. Does that ever happen to you? I mean, I know there's, I thought it was related to maybe the media hookup in your own personal car, but I was in a low-rent um, rental car that didn't have high-tech uh, media s- system in it. So I don't know what that is. She starts talking to you. You're lured into thinking you, she's going to give you directions the whole way, and then she cuts out. Yeah, this I happens agree. To me I,
1: all the time, Julie. I've never understood it. I, I have the exact same problem. I don't know.
0: You do? Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah. just something. Yeah. Does it happen to you? It has happened to me, but I fixed it by like figuring out that if my Bluetooth is on in the car, it's not an issue. But if I'm listening to the radio, if I choose the radio over the Bluetooth as my source, then I don't get the. I don't get you know Siri coming on and telling me where to go. Or whoever it is that comes on and tells me where to go, but if I'm listening to a podcast, you know, on my phone, and it's the same source, then I'm fine. So, I hmm. I, I know there's some
2: su- super simple solution, but I don't know how to how to how to I don't know who to talk to about it.
0: All right, well, I'm sure
1: you're... someone with someone within the sound of our voices right now knows the answer to this. So, okay. uh, feel free to. You know, email us sisters at sisters dot com or post it in the Facebook group if you have a solution to how <laughs> to have the map lady talk all the time, not talk just cutting cut <laughs> it wow. out. What
0: is the secret? I'm, I'm not sure we, we sounded, sounded old enough.
1: enough.
0: I'm not sure we sound old enough. Uh, <laughs> with this, the, the map lady. Okay, wow, well, sometimes you just
2: have to admit it. It was a desperate situation, Liam. I had my sunglasses on my head, my reading glasses on. I'm holding the phone, trying to read the directions that she won't speak to me, trying to get to your house. So it was a life or death situation, Liam. So I'm just not proud about this. That's that's it. All right.
0: Okay. Uh, If you know how to make the map lady talk to us. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That hurt. All right. Okay, all right. you can cut that out if you want, Liam. No, no, going to keep it in because part of real life. I know that. I know that. <laughs> uh, all right, another discussion going on on the Facebook page was in, was interesting to me. There's a TV show that debuted on Netflix a couple of weeks ago called Thirteen Reasons Why, and it's based on a best-selling YA novel, and it has to do uh, with the with a the story about teen suicide. And it's been controversial since it debuted, but I've been pretty busy. So I haven't had a chance to take a look at the show until this week. Um, but I, when the show first debuted, several writers that are friends of mine on Facebook really liked it. They talked about the driving narrative and how good it was. And I thought, oh, I'd like to check that out when I have a chance. And then, then I started seeing, you know, warning articles about don't let your teenagers watch 13 Reasons Why. Or if your teenagers are going to watch this show, you know, here's what you need to know. So I was pretty intrigued. So Beth on our Facebook page said, you know, hey, has any anyone watched it? What do you think? What, you know, parents, what do you think? And then there's a lively discussion happening on the group page. Because here's the premise of the show. Julia or Liz, have you had a chance to see it at all? I haven't, but I've been reading the posts. No, I have not. Yeah. So uh, – and I know you, you guys don't really read YA fiction. I, I don't either, so I had not read the original source material. But when I do read YA, occasionally I do or I'll pick it up and I'll take a look at the, you know, certain reviews and stuff. I'm always surprised, like, how adult the YA is, you know. Uh, they write about things in books that – for teenagers that they used to not write about. And so that's either good or bad depending upon your point of view. But this one is um, – it's it's the story of a girl who commits suicide, but it's really a revenge suicide. So the whole show plays out, 13 episodes, 13 reasons why. Allegedly, she leaves these tapes for the people who did her wrong in her lifetime, explaining, oh. like, what part they each had in her suicide. Oh, now, dear. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So that is, you know, conceptually, like, for me, I, I find that troubling just the idea of a revenge suicide so it almost unravels more like a murder mystery except she kills herself so that's Mm -hmm. the overall concept is i think a little rough and it's not i don't believe why people actually commit suicide i'm not a suicide expert but Other suicide experts have said that, but each individual episode, it's just sort of an unrelenting portrait of high school life in America where there's a lot of bullying. There's a lot of drinking, there's drug usage, there's lying, there's kind of absentee parents or there's helicopter parents, but there doesn't really seem to be any parents that are playing huge supportive roles. There's a lot of missed opportunities by school counselors to really provide information that could be helpful. There's the sexual assault. So it's a very adult show that is set in a high school. And uh, you can almost forget the the overall concept of the show as you watch each episode, because within each episode, there are actually some really good moments. There's some good acting. There's some good writing. And then across... You know, there's also like kind of some stupid high school characters that would never, ever exist in a real high school. <laughs> so there's that. But I know that's not the controversial part. But the debate has been like, is this a show that would trigger teen suicides? Because if you are thinking about suicide, you are particularly susceptible to things like this. And that's uh-huh. not me. That is that is suicide experts saying this is exactly what – Children contemplating suicide do not need. So, uh, so people on the Facebook page seem generally kind of. Interested and supportive of the show as a means to talk to their own children, their own teenagers about some of these really important issues the bullying, the sexual assault, you know the go- seeking help from grown ups when something is going wrong, and then finally, the suicide. So I was surprised because i 'd seen a lot of people say don't watch it don 't let your kids watch it, but people on our Facebook group are are saying, "Listen, this has been really helpful. One ann in Portland said that um, uh, you know, they, they actually the, read this book in freshman year in high school as a book, and then they the school sent out these talking points, and it's inspired a lot of discussions. Uh, there are a lot of people that said we watch them with their, our own children, and then afterwards we're able to talk to them about these issues, and it's really been very helpful. Uh, but there are other people that say, listen, if you're watching this, to prevent teen suicide that's like watching breaking bad to prevent you know drug addiction so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> take that point of view but i have to say one i think i w- if I, I would not let a middle school child watch this It's definitely very uh- adult possibly you know but uh, say, having said that i absolutely know in this day and age it is vir- virtually impossible to prevent your children from watching things <laughs> You can't do it. You know, you can't do it. They could watch it on their phone now at lunch with somebody else's Netflix app. So you can try your best to prevent them from watching it. But chances are they're going to go to some sleepover. They're going to stay up all night and they're going to watch it because there are certain storylines that are very appealing. It's a very attractive cast. You know, there are things that just play right into the YA wheelhouse. But the overarching concept of the revenge suicide, I find very, very distressing. You know Mm -hmm. that Mm I so
2: because it seems like it's a theme that even if you did all the right things as a parent to, you know, to watch it ahead of time, to talk, uh, talk to your children, uh, talk to your teens about it, that the theme is so disturbing that. I don't know that it. You d- it would be hard to know if you're actually preventing other suicides by doing yeah. this, you know, or moving children that are vulnerable to suicidal thoughts away from that by viewing this um, this movie or the Netflix series.
1: Yeah, well, you that's know, just the, the idea th- that you could actually get revenge. Is yeah, in its own yeah. way, appealing. Right. Yeah
0: yeah no that 's why the Jed Foundation, which works on teen suicide prevention, sent out a very specific list of talking points basically saying suicide is never romantic it 's never right. the right you know there are a million other ways you know there are a million other things you can do before you get to that it 's a very pointed uh counterpoint to this thirteen reasons why that this is just never a great idea, and there are a lot of ways to get help and uh, and you should know that it's never a good idea. And I I felt these talking points were really, really interesting. So, uh, and the fact that the big thing that's missing for me in the show, and I haven't finished it, I've watched 10 out of the 13 episodes. So I haven't seen the actual last episode where apparently it's a very graphic depiction of suicide. And they, the show producers did that on purpose, but the thing that's missing in the first 10 and maybe, maybe it picks up, there's almost no discussion of Hannah's mental health. Hannah is the main character who commits suicide. So it does appear to be that the suicide is other people's fault. And that's what this Jed Foundation says. Like, if, if you know, suicide is never the fault of the people around. It is mm-hmm. the person that committed suicide. And fault is the wrong word, but, like, you're not to blame. And if you're, you know, if you've lost a friend to suicide or a family member or even a friend of a friend, like if you need to reach out after seeing this, you should, because that is the odd thing. They never, we never see if she's depressed. We never really see if she's anxious. You know, there's a kind of a simple conversation about her grades dropping off, but uh, she seems to have supportive parents, but you never, In the first 10 episodes, you don't see her speaking to her parents about this sort of unrelenting chain of events that happens to her at school that excludes her more. She's being cyberbullied and, you know, boy, she's witnessed a sexual assault and it goes on and on and on. So I I think, A, there's no way you can prevent your teenager from watching this or probably even your middle school kids. So you should, you know, take a look at what the Jed Foundation has to say. Take a look at what psychologists have to say. And if you want to use it as a jumping off point, please do. But if you think you have a child who is vulnerable to suicide, this would be a very difficult show, I think. Mm -hmm. Or if you, you know, we had a teenager in our community, a 20-year-old just commit suicide. And I, I just think it would be very, very difficult if you have lost someone close to you to yeah. suicide to sit through this, it's not, you know, it, th- that's, it's difficult. It's very difficult. So just a but thanks for the, the good discussion there over on the Facebook group, because people do have a variety of opinions. And I'm, I am impressed to see how many of you have done your homework on this and watched the show and looked up talking points and talked to your children. But I would caution 11, 12, 13 year olds watching this. It's very adult. It's a very adult show.
2: Okay, so, good advice, okay, yeah. and thanks
0: for all thanks, the comments on, on
2: our Facebook page. Yeah. Well, I have, in the entertainment world, I have something that may be more of a tonic, some, an escape movie that I want to recommend uh, to, to you, Liz and Leon, but also to the Satellite Sisters. It's called Their Finest. And it's a comedy. It's a drama. It's a romance. It's a small movie. So you're not you're going to have to find this, uh, you know, you're going to have to really look for this movie. But it's a little gem. OK, it is um, it is a movie within the, a movie. It's set uh, during the Blitz uh, in London. Um, it's a love triangle. It's charming. It's sentimental. It's witty. It's sentiment, you know. It's certainly very sentimental It's the story of a former secretary who is newly appointed as a script writer Leon, and he was oh. the in the family, and that she is um promoted to being a scriptwriter. And she has to work on a propaganda film that that's what they're trying to do, that they're trying to keep everyone's courage and spirits up in uh, in Great Britain during the Blitz. And so they they are uh, this small group of writers and filmmakers are tasked with coming up with an authentic movie that's going to appeal to women. So it's a woman's story. Um, the lead actor actor is Gemma Artiton. I think she's a British actor. She is wonderful in it. It also stars Sam Claffin and Bill Nye. So oh, um, I like Sam Claffin. I, like I know, I know. So he it is a comedy, it's a wartime drama, it has some twists and turns. Uh it's certainly escapism, but I would highly recommend it.
1: It's called All right. I'm glad they- to hear this, Julie, because when I read about it, I thought haven't I already seen every movie about the blitz that could That's ever be That's what possibly I thought. That's what I you know, <laughs> like, we have covered this material no, in no. many other charming movies. You know, yeah. they're they're all good. I'm like what could possibly be new and original here? But okay, it is if you're new and original, it's well acted, the script is great, and it's the
2: movie within the movie that I think uh that is particularly appealing. So, and I think uh Gemma is particularly appealing in this movie. So, uh two thumbs up on that one.
1: Okay. they're finest. Got it. We'll we'll put a link in the show notes for that. All right. Um, one thing I w- wanted to call to your attention, you two, because you're both empty nesters and, you know, obviously looking for things to do with your time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Liz. Yeah. I, I saw this story in the travel section that I was like, huh. Why would anyone ever do this? So uh, (laughs) I'm going to put this out to you and just be like, under what circumstances would you do this? So the headline of the story is Hospitality for Road-Weary Cyclists, No Charge. And it's about a volunteer organization called Warm Showers. And so um, basically it is couch surfing for bike tours, you know? So the idea is Warm Showers hosts, they offer cyclists a bed for the night. So you can go to the website, And say you're riding through, of course, in the story in the New York Times, it's all about Oregon. Uh, So that's what attracted my attention to begin with. And And she writes, for two days, I bicycled south with two intrepid college friends along the coast into a relentless gale. The rainy headwinds leaving us exhausted, our flat tires as frequent as East Coast potholes. So, you know, that's just a normal day in Oregon. So then they go online and basically warm showers, they pair bicyclists that are out in the world with hosts in whatever market this is who offered their homes at no charge. And the deal is the hope is that the cyclists will themselves become hosts for other cyclists. So in this story, they're riding along, they can't take it anymore. So they call there, they look up this guy, local guy named Brian, uh, a warm showers host. He shows up within 20 minutes and uh, takes them home. They're covered in mud. They smell like wet dogs. He shows them a place in his front hallway where they can put their muddy, wet bikes because, of course, it's Oregon. You can't leave them outside in the rain. Uh, And then they have a delightful evening with this guy making them dinner, obviously providing warm showers, hence the name. And the deal is that Hosts can offer whatever they want, a couch, a room, a place outside to pitch a tent, and you don't have to make the meals, but if you want to, great, and there's no change exchange of money, so it's nothing like Airbnb, totally run by volunteers. And in the story, they have some examples of, you know, people that have met people and, uh, you know, how great that is. I guess it's like staying at a bed and breakfast, but free. Now, the downside they mention in the story, which I immediately anticipated, is that, I mean, first of all, you never know who's going to be walking into your home. So there's that. But also sometimes the guests, they're there for more than a night. They're like they like it there. And they hang out for two, three, four days, or they monopolize your kitchen. There's a story in here, a woman that comes home and they her guests have been there for five days. And she returns to find her guests cooking up a meal and just making a giant mess in the kitchen and all of that. But more often than not, it's a very happy experience. And let's see. Yeah, so. So there you have it. You put you, you open up your home to anyone that happens to be cycling through town and uh, the, uh, and everybody meets each other and has a wonderful time. You in?
0: Liam, <laughs> <laughs> you go first on this. You go ahead, go ahead you know, No. You know, I really, uh, no. cycling for me is a trigger word um, <laughs> because Our mom made us ride our bikes everywhere, and especially the younger ones. And um, I used to have to, like, cycle everywhere. And I haven't been on a bike in 10 years, maybe 20. I don't enjoy bikes. Uh, I'm not part of that culture. There's no part of me that ever wants to be part of that culture. And, uh, and, uh, I can't imagine anything worse than sweaty, smelly cyclists showing up at my front door, expect, expecting a hot shower, like maybe gardeners. If people are out gardening in the wild and they'd like to stop by, I'd enjoy that. Or people who keep honeybees, they seem like nice people. I, I would maybe entertain them, but cyclists. No, Liz. Nope. Not for me. Joel?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Lee put uh, really put the nail, you know, hit the nail on the head. It's sort of an interest group thing. I think if you're a cyclist, this sounds like a great idea. And I know some cyclists who have cycled across the country and they definitely enjoyed the company of strangers as they as they did that. But, you know, the strange, sweaty, spandex wearing uh, person in my house. I'm out. I'm out. OK, yeah. it's just those are not my people. I mean, Liz, you wrote an essay okay. in our f- first book. Uh, about finding your people. Uh, these are not my okay. people.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Because, you know, the story closes with the picture of these empty nesters who had welcomed these cyclists into their home. And so they churned ice cream on the back porch, adding blackberries that they had just picked. They found some old sparklers in their basement and they all ran around barefoot on the back lawn watching them glow. So that's why I was trying to. <laughs> Victor, anyone I know actually doing this. And I guess, okay, so not so far. (laughs) Warm showers. They're looking for more hosts, though, so I thought I would just mention it and I'll put it in the show notes in case (laughs) listeners are out there. Right. I think we,
0: sure. I'm sure we have cyclists amongst us and they enjoy each other, and that's great.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. (laughs) All right. That's great. Talk amongst yourselves. Stop stop talking, Lee. Don't say another word. (laughs) All right. I know
0: we're wrapping up here, but just want to let uh, people know about an event I'm doing in Pasadena in case you are interested and in the Los Angeles area. This year I am producing and hosting the Women in Business Luncheon for Pasadena Magazine. And our theme is Women in Media. So uh, last week I was on some crazy deadlines, uh, getting interviewing and then writing up stories for Pasadena Magazine. Uh, on three really interesting women in media that I will tell you about in future shows. One is the producer of the new Wonder Woman movie. One is the head of programming for our, um, our great public radio station here, KPCC. She's had a long career in news. And the third is the head of reality programming for her own the Oprah Winfrey network who, uh, you know, spent her early career at, um, doing really seminal work at the real world so uh i really enjoyed speaking to these women about storytelling and great ideas and leadership, and how you get, you know, how you make uh, creative decisions based on commerce and vice versa. And uh, so I'm looking forward to talking to them at the luncheon, but the luncheon is May 18th. I'll put information up on my Facebook page, my author page, and things like that. It's it's May 18th at the Huntington Library in Pasadena. And it'd be a good thing too if you're a marketer, if you own a company and you're looking to do some messaging. You don't know how to do that or just any kind of communication. It's, that's how I'm sort of structuring the discussion, but I'll give you more information on the women later, but just wanted to put it out there. May 18th, Wednesday, tickets are still for sale. That's it. Oh, that sounds great. That it's, that's great that people can just buy in. It's not like a
1: private organization. No,
0: no. All right. Nope. Nope. You just buy, buy in and I'll be moderating the panel discussion. So that's it now. Um, but looking forward to it because these, these are women that have long careers. Which I appreciate. Okay. That's what I specifically look for. It's nice to have wonderkins up there, but I was looking for people who had been in the trenches for a long time. And all, all of these women have interesting career paths, how they move from one, you know, one, one form of media and entertainment and storytelling to another and what they've learned along the way. They have a couple of similarities about kind of, you know, you know, reaching a certain expertise and then kind of pivoting and switching jobs and using that expertise in a different way. Uh, one went back to school recently and she said it was the best year of her life. So um, great conversations with them. And I had to write up all the articles last week, but I'm looking forward to the discussion in the middle of May. Okay, that's great. All right. Well, we'll put links to
1: that too. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we have to wrap it up here, sisters. Uh, it's been been a good hour. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, join our Facebook group and like our Facebook page and, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at sat sisters or, um, you know, tag us on anything on Instagram, uh, at sat sisters and, uh, okay. I've got a big weekend. You guys have a lot going on. Uh, we're the satellite sisters. Don't forget, call your satellite sister.